Ah, something happened. Push the button. I gotta. There we go. Yep, we are recording this. I always want to check. Yeah, it's time to get started. <laughs> light the light. Cue the music. All right. Well, let's go ahead and do that. <laughs> And yeah, this is uh, your host at That Sounds Funny. Uh, and of course, this is your uh, host, uh, Two Blind Brothers, telling it the way we see it. It says the week of January 26, 2021, episode 14. We're over the unlucky 13 up. <laughs> but I am your host, Keith. I'm yeah. here today. By my co-host. Yeah. Oh, now I'm too now I'm too early. Terry, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Until yeah, as usual, I think there's just a slight delay. I don't think it's as bad as it has been in the past. But we may have to try a different platform yeah. than Zoom because I think I don't know if it's Zoom or just my internet connection being goofy. On that Cisco WebEx, you can have a hundred people on with no time limit. It says. Yeah, well, if I had a paid Zoom account, I could do that, too. But we don't have any listener support yet. <laughs> we need your support. Well, we don't a, have a... Be a funny we don't athletic have a, support. Uh, what's it called? A sponsor? Athletic support. Sponsors. Somewhere where they can send money. Yeah, Patreon. Uh, we don't have a Patreon yet set up. Patreon. But I, I, we just I can, uh, I, I can drop a link for uh, PayPal on the website. You can just, in fact, if you send a PayPal to my personal address, Keith at healthsley.net, just go to PayPal, send money to my email address, and uh, probably on there, you know, make note that it's specifically for the podcast. We'll make sure it gets routed to the right place. I, I might yeah. could add our TSF at that sounds funny address to Patreon, and I could just use that link directly. Yeah, maybe just I put a will. Sit, buddy, put your buddy into that CD slot on your computer. When, yeah. you <laughs> and when it sucks it in, and it's, you'll know it sent it to us. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> That's how you do it. Either that or when you call your computer tech to fix the, the reason why your CDs no longer play, <laughs> he'll, he'll be given a $1 tip or whatever you put in there. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, well now that we've got ourselves introduced, it's time for our weekly update. I should have a funny thing like some other podcast does on that. Does anyone have a question? Now, what's the news? What's new is what we actually call it. Uh, something that's happened lately, funny family or life story. What you're reading, watching, or doing. What are you watching, Jill? Cobra Kai? <laughs> Cobra Kai. Yeah, I have been watching that on what Netflix. Is that? I don't have Netflix. Okay, you remember Karate Kid? Karate well, Kid. Oh, yeah. It is at Samnet. It's like Karate Kid, but now... Uh, Ralph is all grown up, and the oh. guy that they beat up back in the old 
Karate Kid. Uh, they're he's both. The, he's the rival karate coach. Or uh, John. Yeah, karate. Yeah. John, hey. John I've seen them all. I'm still in the yeah. midst of watching them. They have three seasons, but he's still still watching. But it's on the Sam Net, Sarah Tech, you know, oh, Netflix. Okay. They have three seasons, and, ten episodes. And each. for people who don't know what Sarah Tech or Sam Net is, because I'm sure we have people who listen to us who are not blind, it is a uh, it started out as a platform where people who couldn't afford a screen reader could actually visit this web page, and they you could have a free screen reader to use uh, off of the cloud. You didn't have to load anything, and they expanded and they started adding things like uh, descriptive movies, descriptive TV shows, accessible games, uh, blogs, and chat rooms and things. So it's really grown into a you know big community for blind people to use uh so if you are interested in that you check it out uh you i think to sign up though you have to be blind you have to have a documentation from uh department of human services or blind bureau whatever they call it in your state uh, but once but you have that veteran yeah if you're a veteran you get a letter from the vest and uh, they'll do it for free uh, it doesn't cost a lot but i don't know what it costs anymore it's been a while Last I knew, I mean, you get a free trial for what a week or something, uh, but it's like a hundred dollars a year. Oh, okay. For the so that's not bad. Like it's still like you know eight, eight, eight or nine bucks a month, something like that. Yeah, if you watch a lot of movies, it's good to have. Oh well, yeah, I've noticed a lot of their new, yeah. If you are a movie fan, this have a lot of different. They have a lot of different. Um, Describers, they speak French now, the describers, or Mandarin, Chinese. Nice. I'm like, <laughs> I want these in English. <laughs> me know, me know I speak Chinese. <laughs> right? Dang it, in pidgin Chinese. And, uh, yeah. the accent, you have some that are into foreign language films that they have different categories. You know, each category has got hundreds or thousands of movies in each one action, adventure, and Right. And, and romance. And they they get these know. movies because the members who are in this community will, you know, they go out and they buy them, and they t they'll take the descriptive track and they'll donate it to the cause. Uh, this is again why uh, you have to pay for your membership. But there's, I mean, literally thousands and thousands of movies. So if That's you're a big movie fan, and there's and there's new releases there too. I mean, there's uh, there's always. Sometimes within the same year, sometimes after a couple of months of being released, they have a movie in there. They have made it from the yeah. I love it when they put up a new re yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Their new editions are from nineteen sixties and seventies, and yeah, they have classic films. If you like old, you know, like Bob Hope Road movies or something like that. Um, but they have that's new a stuff. John Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just it's just an audio track though. There's no there's no visual on the screen. Right. Um, you can you know if you want to watch it with your families, they tell you to put the movie in. They listen to you can listen to the audio, whatever. But but, but dang, this should have been our anchor topic. But well, here well, it been. we have a different anchor topic in mind today. Uh, but the thing is, yeah. to help with copyright stuff. They they actually will speed the audio up just a touch. 
so that you don't really notice it. But if you're following along with your family watching a movie, every so often you have to pause your audio track to let your movie catch up. <laughs> right. Again. Yeah. It's not quite synced because they just give it a touch of a speed. So. There's a different one called Spectrum Access that you can actually sync to your TV, but you have to go in and download whatever movies. And it's a newer app, so it doesn't have as many movies as Samnet does. But you well, download it, and it I, takes I know a few they minutes. It will sync with, with your TV, and it will stay right along with it. Oh, cool. Yeah, I know they emerged with somebody. I don't know, remember who or, or the details, but when he did, it opened up a, a huger library for them. But yeah, it, it's kind of nice because you, yeah. you can watch a movie in real time. And what it does is you open up your microphone and it listens just for a few seconds and says, oh, okay, I know where you're at. And it'll synchronize you from that spot. So it's mm -hmm. But it right. does have, have to be a movie that's in their library. Well, we're talking, this is some... Good right, reading, watching, doing stuff lately. Did you have, have anything else? I do. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was gonna got a funny story. Tell the story. We have a we've had a, a cat for a while uh, since we moved into this house in 2013. We moved from all no annoyed to South Park Santa. Uh oh, too much information. Uh, and um, our cats just special treats and stuff every once in a while. We moved in here. Our one cat. Special treats like rodents and squirrels and stuff. <laughs> right. We used to, we lost count of, after 24 squirrels, wow. you know, squirrel heads and tail bodies and stuff. They've carried Gross. a squirrel <laughs> and snakes and rabbits hmm. and uh, birds We've had Keith Ark has live animals. Yours See what I did. I'll share with you. <laughs> and we started this construction project on my house uh, back in March of last year. And, you know, they were digging the basement. They poured the foundation. And, you know, they, they had the the uh, forms, as it's called. They put up these two forms, and they poured the concrete in between them, you know, to make your basement walls. Mm -hmm. And so the forms were still there. Uh, they poured the concrete walls and uh, one morning our cat decided to bring in a live rabbit to play with and the rabbit was jumping around in the Look house my, my wife was freaking out <laughs> I said just open the front door and let it go out the front door because if you open the front door you have an 8 foot drop down into the new basement you know? and so we, she opened the front door and Lobo, the rabbit jumped out whee, flat is down there in the, in the new basement, just hopping around there. Thing. It's like the green braids of parachuting from the sky. <laughs> and so then, when the construction guys showed up, they're like, "What the heck? There's a rabbit down in there. How'd that rabbit get in there?" Because, see, on the outside, those forms are about almost four feet off the ground, you know. And so it's easy for, I guess, you know, they could jump that high and jump over this wall. If a dog was chasing or something, they'd jump over and splat and get inside there, but there was no way out, you know. Hmm. And so then the construction guys, they climbed down. Well, you had windows in your basement there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
Cause, no, cause, because cause the what, what, cause they, they just had to cut them out, didn't they? They weren't formed there. The, the, the way they make those is whenever they're making, putting the forms up, they put wood where the windows are going to be at. Oh, okay. So they pour the concrete that goes all around the wood, you know, like that. It's, it's typically how, how they did it. So it was solid all the way around. The rabbit couldn't. The rabbit couldn't get out. They they went down there, tried to catch it. They couldn't catch it. They uh, it it was got wedged. There was a, a crack. Apparently, there was a big enough crack where that rabbit squeezed out between the brick wall and uh -huh. the new basement. You know, there was just enough just enough of a area for that rabbit to squeeze out just through. Wiggle there. through there. Huh? And, and it's like I didn't know myself being blind if the rabbit got through the form all the way out to the yard or if it went in between you know because i think it was right before they poured the concrete you know but uh i didn't know if the rabbit would have got trapped inside the forum and then when we, they took the forms off i'd see little bunny feet sticking out through the concrete wall <laughs> like the mangled up his feet up one side and his head out the other yeah. <laughs> help me i'm stuck one, 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 I had family home last weekend, and um, my two little grandsons, we'll call them M&M &M because that's their initials. They both start with M. And they're but both they went sweet in my bedroom, and they were yummy, really quiet yeah. for a long time. Yeah. They were in my room for a long time, and nobody was thinking because they were nice and quiet. And, but uh, then their mom, one of their moms, because what? <laughs> Yeah, they went and they're like, um, you know what these two have been up to in your room? And I was like, no idea. And I do knit, so I have some yarn laying back there. Well, they got a thing of yarn, a skein of it, and somehow had it wrapped around both of them so much that they were tied to my bed. <laughs> <laughs> so, Looks like a picnic down there, day after the picnic. Well, um, they were playing Indians and Cowboys and they tied each other to the stick. Old water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And of course, neither one of them was hurt in this, but we thought it was pretty funny that they somehow, it wasn't really tied, that they were just tangled in the yarns. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> Isn't he amusing, Lois? He loved his little joke. Oh. Yeah. No, no children are harmed in telling of the story, but the yarn would be different. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> yes. You know, we were started out on a topic of a disability thing. And uh, my story, I call it Battle of the Disabilities. I actually sent this into a certain podcast. I, I think he might have read it on, on his show. I don't remember. Mm. Uh, but I haven't been blind for very long, and I was still at a point where I could see a little bit. Uh, but I didn't have any peripheral vision at all. Basically, if I was looking right at something, I might be able to make it out, but anything to the side was not viewable. One afternoon, my wife wanted to make a quick trip to Walmart, so I figured I would go, but I stayed in the van and waited for her to run aside and back out. In those days, I often had a harmonica tucked into a pocket, and I sat there and went through the various songs and the riffs I knew while waiting for her to come back. And then I heard a tap at the window of the van. At first, I thought it was just somebody parked next to us. They were just getting in and out of their car. But I heard a tapping again, 
and I wondered, is someone tapping on my window? The van was an old one, and the power window had quit working, so I had to open it up a crack and asked, who's there to this mystery person? There was no answer, so I asked again. And when nobody was there, I closed the door and started playing my harmonica again. About that time, my wife came back out and asked, who is that outside the van? What do you mean? I asked. There's nobody out there. He's trying to give you a paper. Just open the door and see what it is, he says. So I opened the door and I took what felt like a sales flyer. So I just started tossing it up on the van's dashboard. No, no, no. Give it to me, she says. And she read it. Fortunately, she knows sign language. And she had to explain to a deaf man outside my van window that he's trying to give a printed request to ask for money to a blind man who couldn't see it. <laughs> and also, uh, that wasn't being rude. I just didn't see, but all I had, what I had to do was say something. Yeah. <laughs> he should have been able to read lips. <laughs> he should have been able to hear. I guess I should have had my white cane uh, <laughs> hanging out in a prominent position or something. I, I didn't know. But I honestly didn't know. So anyway, mm -hmm. that's that's my uh, opening story. That's that time <laughs> to move on to our news segment. So why don't you lead us off, Rick Perry? All right. My first one is uh, <coughs> takes place in uh, back on. January 20th, the Missouri Wildlife Conservation Officers were called to, there was a house under construction and they had just dug the basement foundation uh, 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 and That sounds familiar that sounds familiar, yeah it does yeah. The construction workers <laughs> went back the next day and they found a deer had jumped over the form wall and was in the basement of this new house and they couldn't figure Chasing out the how the deer down there so <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> they jump a little bit higher than that rabbit that I was telling that story about but, uh, they they didn't know it was Bambi and Thumper just <laughs> 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 looking for a Thumper and so they Oh, At least there wasn't no flower in there. I think flower was the skunk. There wasn't any stairs or any way to get in other than uh, ladders. So they put a ladder. They put some lumber uh, wedge, you know, to, for a ramp, and the deer just would hide underneath of it. They're not smart, you know. And so, <laughs> and so, they they uh, eventually they did like in a previous story where they lassoed the the loose llama they they lassoed the deer and they pulled the deer out unharmed and let it loose and it was not injured in the telling of the story but uh, <laughs> there's a, yeah. a deer in the basement it's like wow hey i, I gotta tell that other story <laughs> yeah really like Baby was, uh, one of those things crazy old deer <laughs> you didn't happen to have any stories do you no no go ahead all right <laughs> Well, I don't really have any animal stories. I'm not sure, but this first one might qualify. 
Oklahoma lawmaker proposes Bigfoot hunting season. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, Wait a minute, and, I got big feet. I don't want to hunt me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oklahoma City, uh, a mythical ape-like creature which has captured the imagination of adventurers for decades has now become the target of a state lawmaker in Oklahoma. A Republican House member has introduced a bill to, for starting a Bigfoot hunting season. Um, the district includes the heavily forded Washita Mountains in Oklahoma, right across from uh, Arkansas, where a Bigfoot Arkansas is held every year. He says that issuing a state hunting license will help attract tourism. Uh, establishing an actual uh, hunting season and hunting license uh, will just draw more people to our already beautiful part of the state, he says in the statement. Uh, he says his bill will only allow trapping, and he also hopes to secure $25,000 to be offered as a bounty. Uh, Micah Holmes, spokesman for the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife Conservation, which oversees hunting in Oklahoma, told television station KOCO the agency uses science-driven research and does not recognize Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. It on and on CNN, yeah, I, I don't believe there's a Bigfoot, for real. I, I don't believe there's a Bigfoot, but I believe that if it was an open-up hunting season, it probably would draw in tourists. Uh, well, they did. Because, oh, sure. Yeah. They did because they even announced on CNN this morning on my daily little news feed that uh, nobody's caught a Bigfoot yet as of today. <laughs> well, cool. Because it's, it's, even if you, you don't believe in Bigfoot, and you, you, you party pooper or no other conservation, we don't believe in Bigfoot. At, at least people are having fun. They're, they're trapping. They're not shooting. Yeah. You know, they're just having fun. And they're looking, out in nature, sure. Pre pretending like they're going to find, you know, some big ape-like mythical creature. Right. Um, kind of like a scavenger hunt. <laughs> yeah. Now I've got a another story it's another animal story in toronto a woman uh saw in her backyard a knife wielding squirrel that's ah. the, the headline <laughs> it's it's a gangsta, gangsta squirrel <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> it says andrea uh, diamond uh, of toronto had looked out into her backyard and notice a squirrel who was playing with a knife. She'd left a paring knife out on a table by a tent in her backyard. And a squirrel had came up and started gnawing on the handle of the knife, playing with it and gnawing on it. And it put the knife down and took off and came back a few minutes later and picked it up again and was gnawing on it again. And she... Uh, uh, I don't know if it had a bandana on his head, you know, like his droopy drawers on with his boxers hanging out. That's <laughs> <laughs> my knife woman. <laughs> I'm, <gonna take> my, <laughs> I'm a gangster squirrel. I'm gonna cut you. <laughs> that's, that's what I said. Now, now the squirrels are gonna, they're gonna attack us, you know. He's, 
playing with this knife and say, hey, that's a cool knife. Yeah, he was last seen running away with a knife in one hand, throwing the gangster sign with the other. <laughs> <laughs> and all of his gangster squirrel buddies joined in. Let's say chatter. So apparently knife-wielding squirrels are a thing now. <laughs> she she took video. As long as I stay in Canada. <laughs> she took videotape of it and, and put it on YouTube. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, goodness. That is funny. As I case done all these squirrel stories about squirrels doing this or knowing us stuff or... There was a bunch of squirrel ones along the back. day the squirrel went berserk. Yeah. <laughs> the gangster squirrel from Canada. I wonder if he's related to the, the, the berserk squirrel from Mississippi. <laughs> but here's one I, I thought was interesting. This actually comes from, I guess you would say, a real news headline, but it kind of ended up on my uh, app with the goofy stuff in it. South, the governor, oh yeah, one more time here. South Dakota governor uh, gave Trump a bust with his face on Mount Rushmore. And I, I actually heard about this a little while back, but this story actually, come, it was actually printed uh, like last week, a couple, like the day after inauguration day or something. Um, but in uh, South Dakota governor, uh, gave former President Donald Trump a bust that was valued at uh, $1,400, depicting the president on Mount Rushmore last year because she knew <laughs> it was something he wanted to receive. The gift was presented to Trump when he visited South Dakota. So this did happen like last summer. It's not, not recently, but just for some reason, they didn't print it until this couple of days ago. On July 3rd for Independence Fireworks Day, I mean, I cannot read, an Independence Day fireworks celebration, uh, the Mount Mush, <laughs> I just can't speak, <laughs> the Mount Rushmore <laughs> miniature stood <laughs> four feet tall. Sheesh. And it depicted Trump along the four presidents, uh, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Theodore Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln. Uh, <laughs> it was not immediately known where Trump's face was positioned amongst those presidents. Um, so. Yeah. After Lincoln, if they went in order, but they, they probably mentioned that in, in the, now because with him, uh, being evicted from the White House <laughs> uh, and taking this stuff with him when they, you know, when, because they were talking about, you know, Biden, they're, they're moving this bust here and that bust there. And, you know, what did, you know, Trump take from the White House or whatever? Blah, blah, blah. They probably had that, you know, they probably packed, uh, packed it up, you know, the movers, you know, ran across that Mount Rushmore sculpture, I think. You know, that's probably what happened, you know. Oh. Oh, what do we do with this thing? <laughs> Look at that. It's got Donald Trump's face on it. Awful big paperweight. <laughs> yeah, it was four foot tall. I mean, that's that's it's a bust. You, can, you know, little of in other words, a miniature uh, yeah. monument, but still four foot kind of tall. 
Right. And they, you know, like we, like we were saying before, they can put his face on that. They can't really add add more rock to the mountain. Yeah. yeah you could make the faces smaller, stretch them out, because you know, you're, you're making something new. But on the mountain, it's kind of hard <laughs> to, you know, we're just going to wipe it clean and redo the faces, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how would you do that? Get a big giant laser. <laughs> <laughs> Sit back with the laser. These guys need a face. Well, then they, 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 well, they, they could. Please stand by. David, what did you do? It wasn't me. Oh, yeah. What just went crash? I didn't do anything. Then why are we hearing boring hold music, instead of the funny humans? Just leave me alone. Alright. The more you distract me, the longer this is going to take. Have it your way, but get this mess fixed. Alright. At least now I can understand why squirrels carry knives. What is that supposed to mean? Nothing. Nothing at all. And now back to our regularly scheduled podcast. Still in progress. Uh, yeah, I was, was across town, and the people who actually had the mortgage on the house, I think her last name was Barton, but I don't remember. But we, mom and dad drove over there. At that time, we had a big white 1962 Pontiac Catalina station wagon. And they went inside, and they left me in the car. I don't know if they left you in the car or not. And I was playing with the gear shift lever, and it went into neutral. <laughs> And I ended up backing down the driveway and got stuck in a ditch. Anyway, that, that's how I know toddlers can do stuff like that because I did it. Uh, but um, yeah. anyway, the uh, store employer told the authorities that she was only in the store for a few minutes before somebody began driving away with the SUV. Uh, once the thief realized a toddler was in the back seat, he drove back. Be rated the woman, you stupid woman. What came if your child of my stolen car I got from you? Here, take him. <laughs> take your child. And he drove away in the stolen vehicle. He you said, actually, no, you can have my kid. Take the kid with you. <laughs> he actually lectured the woman as he drove away. Yeah. So I know some people that would say, take the kid. I left him in there on purpose. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and it looks like we've lost Jill. Now, oh, I guess that was my last story there. Uh, so, do you have one more you said, or? Yeah, I have a story where a couple has left, lost their um, ultrasound photos in their leased car. They had turned their leased car in. Uh, the uh, car dealer was uh, going through cleaning out the cars that were sitting on the lot, and they ran across some ultrasound photos that were in the glove box. Hmm. And <clears throat> excuse me, and the 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 car manager had uh, got the name off of the photos and was able to contact the the couple and uh, sent them a note saying here's your your uh, your ultrasound photos now mm. 
that's all there is to the story. But I think it's funny that you know that goes along with they left their. That's not as bad as leaving your kid in the car for two years. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. So, Where's my like, car? We got him in the rental car. <laughs> this is what you looked like back then. You know, to show their kid. Yeah, that's from old picture. Yeah, old. you looked years ago. <laughs> we forgot you in the car. Here's your picture. <laughs> and and it, you know, not that it matters, but it was a Toyota. Oh. Mm. <laughs> It, it, yeah, so, well, good thing it wasn't a different kind of car. <laughs> Who knows what happened? <laughs> anyway, let's take a break right about now. And we're back after our short break, and we have Jill back, which she dropped off there for a little bit. Your avatar is showing. <laughs> yeah. it come back in. <laughs> it, it, it's her avatar showing this time. <laughs> <laughs> it's not mine. Uh -oh. Okay, um, I've got my top list. Well, hold on. Kate was telling a story. Was you going to finish? Because it cut off right when we you're got, like, from experience. We finished. You were locked in the closet. David just let you out. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. I had yeah, your top ten. Yeah, now I'll uh, have to hear it later. Uh, as we yeah. wrapped up our news segment, so let's time get into the time for Terry's top tantalizing ten tidbits of the week. <laughs> Too bad <laughs> not a T word for week. Here it is. Top ten list. Uh, ten things to do when you encounter or approach a blind person. I thought that uh, was last week's. No, no. that was the, a couple of weeks ago. It was um, ten stupid <laughs> questions oh, asked by okay. people and the stupid answers. Yeah, because we, we had the donkey sound of there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so anyway, this here is. Uh, when you meet, run into to a blind person or encounter a blind person, whether okay, go ahead. Uh, number one, if you feel the urge to try to help a blind person, you want to introduce yourself. You know, hi, I'm blank. You know, do you need yeah. some help? Uh, because hi, blank. Know, yeah, <laughs> because you have to consider that the person that they can't see. They, they can't see you. They can't see you approaching. They can't see the intent look in your eyes that you were concerned to want to help. And if you just walk over and grab and start doing for them, okay. <laughs> or are you a thief or what? Right what on me. me? <laughs> mm -hmm. And it, number it, two. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, I'll just say it also <laughs> gives you the chance to see if they actually do need help and what kind of help would be helpful to them. Yep. Number two, if they want to have you assist them, um, they are supposed to take your arm. You offer your arm left or right to the blind person, and they take your arm. Right. You when, you, what, when you they're going to have you guide them somewhere, yeah, you, you have them take take my elbow, and they trail behind. Often people will grab like my elbow and either push me along. <laughs> 
<laughs> for some right. awkward position. But, you know, yep. you know being, being that I'm usually much taller than most people, even let me just put my hand on your shoulder, uh, grab an elbow would be even better. Right. Yep. Yeah. Hold on to their belt loop. <laughs> Something. Yeah, anyway, that that can be awkward decided, too. <laughs> you're the sighted person. You want to be leading the blind person like that. No, don't want to yeah. grab both of their arm and shove them in front of you because they can't see where they're going. <laughs> That's why and, you're always and, trail and too often uh, the sighted person mm -hmm. and they're well-meaning. They they tend to forget that now you're going to be double wide, and it's bad enough when you're falling behind someone to bump your arm against the doorway or knock something down. If they're shoving you in front, uh, that's going to be even worse because you can't see it coming. They're going to, they're literally pushing you into stuff, you know, even though they intend not. There's more, there's more technique as far as like when you're holding under their arm and they're going to be a tight area, they're supposed to twist their body or twist their arm more behind them to, to well, let the, person know to get behind it's a tight area up ahead if you if you're familiar with the military position of attention and parade rest parade attention your, your arm is to your side okay straight down parade rest means you spread your feet a little bit and both hands go in the small of your back and you stand there with your hands behind your back elbows out if you put your hand in the small of your back like that it will naturally tend to draw your arm in and the blind person can detect oh uh, his arm is moving in behind him i'll need to move over too right and you know that's helpful in uh circumstances where there might be loud noises like in a street crossing intersection or uh, you know loud areas you know except. or if you say right it's getting narrow they can't hear you but just by doing like, it get it's, behind it's, me yeah. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan! And don't push! <laughs> Get behind me, Lucifer! Lucifer! Uh, um, number three. Number three, when you're crossing an intersection, walk in a steady pace. You want to hesitate, start slowing down when you approach the curb. Do not drag the blind person up and down the curb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you definitely want to have at least a bit of hesitation to let them know, okay, we're here, and step up. Because if you just keep going and, and you plow up that curb, uh, especially in the old days when they didn't have those wheelchair blends, you, you could trip over that if we weren't aware it was coming. Oh, sure. Right? Uh, number four. Um, number four? Yep. When giving directions to a blind person, don't point and say, It's over there. See, we need verbal instruction like, Go up, cross two streets, and after crossing the second street, turn to your right, and the building will be on your left. You right. Know, we need, yeah. Or, or whenever I was doing in training for being in the blind vending program, uh, Part of the training is you you run a cash register because you, you don't know whether you get a, a retail stand or a vending stand. And our instructor gave me this this key advice, and it really works. You run the cash register, and someone has their items. You say, "What do you have today, sir?" That, 
Oh, that? That costs 20 bucks. What? That, for Pepsi? <laughs> costs 20 bucks? Oh, no, no. You, th we sell that for 20 bucks. Pepsi's are only a dollar. <laughs> what else you got? This? Oh, this? That's 50 bucks. What? For a candy bar? Like, no, no, no. Well, candy bars are only 50 cents. But we sell this for 20 bucks and that for, for 10. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's how we i used to work with that <laughs> situation <laughs> it, it, it shocked people what are you 50 bucks for a soda on a candy bar well you didn't say you had a soda in a candy bar now i know i'll bring it up for you <laughs> and one of those how much is one of those well you don't own one of those those are 100 bucks yeah well, with some crazy high number now, if the guy really wants to pay that, hey, I'll take it, 50 bucks for your candy bar and soda. But, but usually they get shocked. Like, what are you talking about? Oh, oh this and that and a bag of chips. <laughs> Number five, when seating a blind person, place their hand on the back of the chair and they can take it from there. Do yep. not yes. try to shove the blind person into the chair. And <laughs> if you're going to be polite, and you pull the chair out for somebody, like, that's a good gesture. Please tell me that you've pulled the chair out. Because what I'm going to do is I put the hand on the chair. I'm going to pull it out another two feet so I can sit on it. <laughs> and I'm wondering, how come I four feet away from the table? <laughs> so there's another tip on that one. You, right? you can pull it out. That's fine. I, I, I would appreciate that. But tell me. You've pulled it out. Don't assume I heard it slip sliding because restaurants can't be noisy. Yeah. yeah. Number six. In the restaurant, if you encounter a blind person dining alone, you can come up to them and, and introduce yourself and ask if they need any assistance reading the menu or, or cutting their food. Don't just assume that they want their food cut and chewed up for them. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, not not the chewing part. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the cutting part. I I generally can handle that on my own. However, my wife has taken it upon herself to cut my meat up for me. So I was like, you, know, you don't have to, you know. I, but if you want to, it's fine. I'm not going to stop you. But I I can do that. But because sorry, I let her. But I don't think a stranger would do that, and I don't think I would let a stranger do that. A waitress <laughs> would do that, but I have to. If I'm going to cut it myself, I got to eat my other stuff first because me cutting a piece of meat, pushing it yeah. around, is going to push everything else off my plate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there was one time where we went to a restaurant, and my wife, uh, well, my stepdaughter's autistic, and she can't cut her food, so my wife is cutting her uh, food steak, whatever it was for her daughter. And so the, the, the waitress came up and, and asked me if I wanted her to cut my meat. And I said, that was the first time ever they ever asked to cut my meat. And I went ahead and said, yeah, because my wife was busy cutting her right. daughter's meat. So normally my wife would just cut mine if I asked her to, you know, but right. that, that was the first time a waitress ever, came up to me and offered to do that. Yeah, a lot of times they don't, and it doesn't bother me if they don't. But, it, yeah, it is kind of a nice gesture when they, they do actually a positive, ask. Positive but it's better to ask first, like this like this step says, is 
what you know the blind person may or may not appreciate it but ask first uh, yeah <laughs> I say, to actually give them a plug it was actually polly's restaurant in uh, Cottage Hills, Illinois. Not a sponsor of this podcast. Not a sponsor, <laughs> but there you go for the free plug, huh? Yeah. Uh, number seven, when talking to a blind person, use normal tone and phrases. Don't be afraid to say, Hey, hey do you need some good. help? Can I ask you? <laughs> I'm not well, deaf. I'm blind, I'm not deaf. Well, well, I'll help you if you want to say so. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. I'm sorry. that, plus as well as, hey, did you see that football game last night? Yeah, I saw it. You know, even though, you know, you just say it, you know, everybody says it. doesn't offend yeah. black people to say, hey, I know you can't see, but did you see yeah. the game last night? Hey, did you see this headline on the internet? The president said such and such. Yeah, I saw that headline. Uh, that's no. that's perfectly fine. Don't be, yeah, don't feel... Right. Repressed somehow for saying that. Number eight. <laughs> when giving a blind person back their change, you should always give them the largest bills first, and then the next large denomination at counting each bill. Um, you don't have to worry about the change because the change is in different sizes, and most blind people already know the difference of the touch of the coins, what they are. Right. Yes. Yeah, because usually you get change back. Here's your change, and there's bills with coins on top, which is t fine. And uh, often I'll take it that way, drop the coins in my pocket, trusting it to the right thing. And then I'll just take all the dollars and just kind of shove them into the back pocket of my wallet for me to separate later. Right. But, uh, if they actually, uh, the cashier actually says, oh, here's your change, here's, here's your coins, now, here's your fives and here's your ones. That actually is a lot more helpful, way more helpful. Yeah, but I think the reason they don't do that a lot is because you're holding up their shopping line and they want to get you out so they can get the next customer. You have to deal with that later. Yeah, well, but, but, all, all, but it doesn't take all that much longer because, okay, here's your change. They're holding it out. You know, coins you put in your pocket. Here's your fives. Here's your, it's easy for them to see, okay, this is the fires and this is the ones. It's yeah. a lot easier and it doesn't take really but more than a split second longer. What then takes you, longer then you, is, you know if your fires go in a certain way or a certain place in your wallet. Whenever you, what takes longer is what people really love is whenever you get your change counted back to you. you know, but you have to have an experienced person to do that because it, that can, it can be time-consuming. When somebody's trying to actually count back your change, here's the penny. This is your your charge was this much. Here's your penny. It's a nickel here's and a dime. quarter and a dime and a penny. That's a lot of cash. Here's another one that's four. Here's another one that makes five, and here's a five that makes ten. And they're like, "What? I don't understand." Hmm. But, and for people who don't recognize my little jingle I just sang, go I recognized out, it. Go check out that story show. <laughs> I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hear what you said because I was talking. A nickel and a dime and a quarter and a penny. A quarter and a penny. A nickel and a dime and a quarter and a penny. Yeah, he just went over that for his listeners. Yeah. Latest podcast. Uh. And so, <laughs> number nine, um, if you are a police officer and you approach a blind person, you should identify yourself as such because there are certain things that a blind person might tell you they wouldn't tell someone else. But then again, 
they may say something to incriminate themselves. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, people often, they're, they're, they're kind of trained. If you hear a knock on the door and the guy says, open up us to police, and you can't see through your door, you're within your right to <laughs> I, ask them for some ID and maybe open it up enough you can see their badge or ID card. But a blind person, I don't care if you're in uniform. If you say, I'm a cop, can I help you? How do I know you're a cop, even if you're in uniform? Uh, <laughs> let me feel your badge on your shirt. Give me some form of idea that I can tangibly feel and know. There's, there was a time I was staying here at the house when mom was alive. And the, there was a knock at the door. And uh, she opened the door, and it was the police. They said they were the police. And she said, how do I know you're the police? Well, here's my, she felt on their chair. Could I feel your badge? She said, yes. So he felt, she felt her badge. And then she started to lower her, her hand down and said, and she went to reach for their gun. And they said, I don't think so. <laughs> she said, do you have a gun? And she reached her hand down to see. And he grabbed her wrist and said, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't that, that would be an extra line to cross there. Can't right. Touch can't touch this. <laughs> <laughs> Another <Oops>. song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Do our last one. Number 10. Okay. <clears throat> Come on. I'm getting to my note here. Number 10 is uh, here. Number 10. Don't pity the blind person. There's thousands of blind people are employed and work and they have federal and state jobs mostly, and they, they strive to be independent. So, that, you know, they don't want to pity, pity the fool, pity the blind person. Yeah. Well, I well, have a number 11. Can I add one? Yeah, I sure. have I have a bonus one, too, so go okay, ahead. Okay, don't come up to somebody and say, guess who I am, because you may get names that you don't want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> When this would go along with 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 uh, number six, uh, I could have put it in there, yeah. But I, I was leaving it for a bonus. Whenever you know you, if you encounter a person or you're giving them their food, a lot of times you know they use the clock method for the side of people who don't know. Twelve o'clock, three o'clock, six o'clock, nine o'clock. Uh, your meats at twelve, your vegetables at three, your starches at six, and your desserts at nine. You know, like that. Yeah. It's kind of helpful uh, well, for the younger people. So. And, and the reason is because, you know, how do I tell? You, you can say compass directions north, south, east, and west, but some people don't even know their compass directions. You can say <laughs> at the top of your plate or at the bottom of your plate, that, that's usually pretty easy to tell, but people get left and right mixed up. Yeah. You know, if you use a clock face, 12 is. Uh, you know, like, course, like, in the, like in the old World War II movies, you got a Japanese on their tail at six o'clock. That means the six o'clock is the bottom, twelve is the top, three you know, like face, three people. is the right, nine is the left. Now that yeah. works great. I've only had one time where that never worked. <laughs> it was, the, well, I'll say one time it was this one guy I knew. But I won't even mention name. <laughs> what he would do, we would go to lunch, and he'd sit across the table from me. Oh, your meat is at uh, uh, at six, and your potatoes are at three, and your vegetables are somewhere there between you know five and nine. And I go to eat, and it's like, no, it's not. It was backwards. 
And I thought, he was oh, telling you from his, his perspective. The, <laughs> it's like, no, you, you tell it from the blind person's perspective. And like that, that way it's easier to imagine the clock face. Well, what's at 12.05? What's at 12.10? You know what? Yeah. Okay, your, your beads are from 12 to 12.07. <laughs> well, and that can be helpful too, because that way you know it's not you know they span a certain area or whatever. If you have a big twelve thirty-five, yeah, dessert comes later. Wow, <laughs> it's not twelve thirty-five; it's three o'clock. <laughs> I thought, you know, but then if they use the digital clock method, then you really messed up. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's in the colon. It's in the colon. <laughs> yeah. it's, in the colon. it's not, not in the yet. colon yet until after I eat it, Terry. <laughs> Colon O one. Well, uh, I, I purposely did not have a word of the week quiz this week because I figured that having some fun with Terry's top ten would, would take up some time. And our anchor topic, uh, which uh, Jill suggested, because uh, we're going to momentarily skip my usual pattern of going through those seven areas. Actually, this would follow under, I think it's area number two or two or I think three, under communications, and that is learning communication. Yeah. Learning Braille. Braille. Now, whenever I first uh, had eye problems, I I went to uh, to uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan, with an excellent uh, training facility. Uh, but before I even went, somebody at church came to me and says, "Oh, so you're blind? Can you read Braille now?" I was like, "No, it's not like it's not an instantaneous thing where <laughs> poof, you lost your sight now you can Braille. Poof, you lost your you're sight better. now you can play piano like a pro. No, it doesn't work that way." <laughs> No, better. What? So, why don't you take over the show here, Jill, and talk to us what's on your mind about learning Braille? Well, I was kind of self-taught with Braille. I did go up to Ikey Woods in Chicago, but I was kind of nervous about taking Braille because I heard lots of stories about the teacher. It was kind of scary, but my roommate took the lessons, so I kind of helped her along with. That's how I was taught by her. Um, but we learned for people. I mean, you can even look at it and see if you have vision what the braille, where the braille dots are. Because it's a cell, there's three dots down the left, three dots down the right. So it's six yep. dots. Yeah. And the A through J is all the top four. They're all made with just those four dots. And then the next row, K through T, you just add the bottom left dot, which they call dot three. And then the last row, U through Z, you add the bottom two. So, I mean, it's like a pattern and, where... And, and there's a slight interruption to that pattern with the letter W. Because yeah, because... I could interject something here. The, the way, like they did showed us at Heinz, is if you had a cupcake pan with six cupcakes in it, you know, you could use, they gave us golf balls and you would simulate the Braille. Oh using. man, why not cupcakes? I like, like cupcakes yeah. better. <laughs> cupcakes would get eaten and then you couldn't learn Braille. So then on the, Sorry, I ate my J. Can I have some more cupcakes? The left side, the left side top is dot, <laughs> dot one and underneath of it dot two and three on the left. And then you jump back on the right side and be four, five, and six. Yeah, and that's that's the positioning of the dots as well. Another way to visualize it in your head if you have 
a cupcake pan, etc. Right. But that's a good idea, way of teaching people too that way. But um, gee, I don't know. That's and then when you write it though, they tell you don't think of it as writing backwards because of course when you read when you read Braille the dots poke up, but when you write it you're poking down to make right. the dot. And, and, and so, so you really are writing backwards. So you write from right to left instead of left to right. And yeah, it's confusing. Although Keith did say that if you have a Perkins or a Braille writer. Right, which is kind of a typewriter for Braille. Instead of having the layout, you have three, three dots, three buttons for your left hand, three buttons for your right hand. Your index finger on the left is one and two and a three for your middle and ring finger. On the right hand, it's the same. Your index is six, uh, uh, four, five, and six. And so all you had to do is remember what dots form a particular letter, and you can just you know, press on that those particular buttons. So you don't have to Another. untangle left and right. And, you know. Yeah, it does it for you. <laughs> Another way to simplify the layout of that is if you took that muffin pan that I was describing, mm -hmm. and if you cut it, and you put the two top dots together, and you take the bottom, which is, and then made it into a straight line. It, the positioning would be dot three, two, one, and then four, five, and six. Yeah. In a row, and if you split them back together again, then there would be your, your muffin pan again. You know, if you can split your muffin pan up the middle and then open it up, spread it open into a straight line. So it makes it column the yeah. on the braille braille writers braille type right. So that's another way to visualize that layout of the typewriters. So uh -huh. Right. Now, I was never trained on one of those, so you guys know more about that than I do. Yeah. I, I actually was uh, trained on using a Braille writer, uh, and, and then my uh, Braille teacher got upset because whenever my uh, – Department of Human Service person actually ordered me the device. They ordered me a QWERTY keyboard and not in Braille dots. <laughs> he got mad. Oh. <laughs> I told them to put you in for the Braille writer, not the keyboard writer. I'm good with either one. I really am. But Yeah. But he was kind of upset. They, got, they ordered the wrong thing. Right. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's kind of like you used to be able to get little stickers and you can put Braille on your regular QWERTY keyboard, but that was still kind of dumb because then you had to still take forever to feel with your finger what letter that is and make sure you're on there. Oh, yeah. You should still have your this, this keyboard QWERTY memory. keyboard that I mentioned. What it technically is is kind of like a PDA for blind people. There was no screen on it. You can actually get a model like that with the Braille display on it with dots to poke up. And what, I think what you're saying, Terry, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, on my particular model, uh, you can actually put it in Braille writer mode so that uh, on home row, uh, F and J is dots one and, on, and, and four, you know, the top dots. And then your uh, yeah. uh, D and K would be the next two dots. And then S and L, in other words, your, your, your first three keys going across the home row. Uh, and then your space bar, of course, is your space. And then uh, you can actually put it in a mode where you could do that uh, if you want. You can do your iPhone that way, too. Mm. You set your iPhone up as a Braille writer as well. 
Yeah, I usually have to download an actual Braille keyboard app, and and I've actually done that. It works really well. Is that in your settings where you download that app? No, you just go to the App Store, and you oh. just search for Braille keyboard, and there, there's a few you can download. And when you do, uh, what, what happens is because your, your phone is touchscreen, you've point it away from you because naturally your thumbs will be then on the back of your phone and then your fingers will be touching the opposite side of the phone. And so you just have to, again, just remember, you know, dots one, two, three on the left hand, dots four, five, six on the right hand, and you just touch the screen with those fingers and it'll do the Braille writing. Huh. No, I didn't know that either. I mean, I didn't know there was an app that you could do that. Yeah, there, there's more than one app. I, I don't have it on my phone now, but I used to have ooh, it. Ooh, I have a question. Ooh, ooh. For What's all the your <laughs> Where did Braille come from? France. From Louis, Louis Braille. Braille. Louis Braille. Actually, what? it came from his dad. His dad was a, an officer in the French Army, and, it, and it, he developed this as a communication tool for his men when you're, when you're in combat at nighttime. Uh, you, you just can't be flashing lights or or whatnot. So he developed his code. <laughs> you, be could, <laughs> you could use at nighttime, and he could pass it along to his his fellow officers to communicate. The dark. But he also had a son, Louis, who was blind, and he thought this will work for him. And he taught his son how to use this code. And Louis Braille, uh, the blind son of this French officer, is the one who really advanced the use of the code. And the reason why I mentioned earlier, the W is the only letter that breaks the scheme of what Jill was talking about is there is no W in the French alphabet. Right. So for English, it had to be inserted later. Yeah. You know what, you know, back in world war two when they had the Navajo code, right. they should do that now with the Braille code and then they could hire blind people in the military that can read that to you. Wow. Yeah, because that's what I thought. I know mom, when she was reading Braille, she would get upset with it because to her it was aggravating. I said, to me, it's like a puzzle. I have yeah. to decode this and see what it says. Yeah, it, uh, when I worked years ago, wow, 20 years ago at an internet service provider back before the days of broadband, back in dial-up, <clears throat> they always said, when you log on to the intranet, meaning the company's you know, built-in network, Make sure you don't just write your password and leave it on your desk someplace because you want some some other employee logging on as you. And I thought, right. oh, gee, whatever. I had an index card with my password brailled onto it. There you go. And people were like, what's that card? It's my password log on. Oh, you can't have that laying out. I picked up the card, handed it to him, and said, tell me what my password is. <laughs> it's encoded unless you know the code you, your password becomes encoded in rail it's not right. code. there's no dashes it's just, <laughs> where's the capital letters and the numbers and the symbols wow. yeah that's a good idea but braille just, your password brailed it unless left it by my computer monitor and type it in I'd read it type it in because you had to have a you know, random scramble there. Is that yeah. when you worked at Mish Web? Was it wasn't it Mish Web? Oh, uh, well, I worked. I lived in Michigan at the time. Yeah, they're they're Mish Web, Milwaukee. Huh? 
<laughs> anyway, what else we got? Um, so anything else Braille related? Uh, like Jill said, I pretty much learned Braille on my own because it was around January. Uh, I'd gone blind like in October. I finally got a hold of a rehab counselor in December. She brought me the books to learn grade one Braille. Which grade one is you know every letter has its own you know, cell, its own dots, and you just learn A through Z. And you learn punctuation like comma, period, exclamation point, quotation marks, question mark. And that's grade one. I learned that about March. And I was just starting to learn. No, wait. Yeah, around March. And I was just start. She just got me the grade two books where she was getting ready to. And that's never I got in to go to uh, school. And so I, I actually I already taught myself all the grade one. And I spent my time at this rehab school learning grade two. And by the time the school was over with, I did, went through all the grade two level. When I when I was in high school, I used to get yelled at by the the typing teacher because I used to have to look what my, read the sentence out of the book and then look at the keyboard and type. Look at your fingers. <laughs> right. And they, they don't want you to do that, you know. And so then whenever years later, that was back in like 1980-something in high school, and years later when I started to go blind, I still had vision, and I was learning Braille at DHS in, in East Alton. I would ride my bicycle over and have a little Braille class with the blind services, and they would yell at me for looking at the dots because I could read the dots. You know, you can, like Jill said, you know, if you have some vision, you can see the dots. And so I could see the dots in the order, uh, you know, I could read it better looking at it <laughs> than I could, you know, uh, I could decode. I, I knew what the dots yeah. were. I've learned all the dot sequences, but anymore with my neuropathy, it's hard to feel the dots. Yeah. Right. So they, do, they do have the jumbo braille, but there's, they really have nothing printed uh, in jumbo braille, really, except for maybe some kids' books. Because it's so large, you know. Yeah, it's kind of large, and they don't yeah. they discourage that anymore these days because it's it's non-standard because it's large, and uh, it's good for taking personal notes, you know, to yourself, uh, knock yourself out. But everything that you get is in standard size dots. They push you towards that, and everything you get often is like menus at restaurants. It's grade two Braille. They use contractions. And so if all you know is grade one, just because, hey, we have a Braille menu, do you want to use this? Well, you can get it. But if you can't read grade two, you may not be able to tell what's on the menu. <laughs> now, I tell the, the, the large print Braille, does it have a bigger stylist? Yes. It has a bigger cell. The, the dots are spaced farther apart. And so what I tell people is, hmm. you know, with the Americans with Disabilities Act, the Americans with the blind people have went to a lot of trouble to have the restaurants, for instance, have the Braille menus. Um, as the things are going here uh, these days, a lot of people are. Uh, every time I sometimes I go to a restaurant, they'll ask me do I want the menu in Braille? I will take it. And even though I can't feel, I can feel the dots, I just can't read it. 
but I will act like I'm using the menu because they went to that much trouble to get their menus printed in Braille. Oh, yeah. And so anytime one that's offered to me, whether I'm on an airline and they give me the safety instructions, I'll take it. It could be upside down for all I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for all they know, too. <laughs> like you're flicking on your iPhone. And they're like, what are you doing? I go, I'm speed reading. <laughs> they don't know any different, but still. You know, that's, you know. Yeah, and like you said, with neuropathy, <laughs> I, I haven't been able to read Braille for some years now. But I, I would, whenever they would offer me, uh, a lot of times uh, I'll be reading in the menu, and like uh, my wife or whoever I'm with would be just reading it. And it's like, well, they're just flying through it. They're like on page three. I'm just on page one. <laughs> <laughs> the first row. So I, I would try to keep uh, – but often, like Terry says, it's more of a matter of a politeness thing. Because it, it, if you don't cheap. if you don't use it every day, then you're gonna not gonna remember how to use it. I can still read it. It's just I'm really really slow. Call me a kindergartner of Braille. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's that's the frustrating thing too. Is like for me, I, I I was a fast reader. I could just zoom through a couple of pages every few seconds. Then I went from that to taking a whole minute. <laughs> to read a <laughs> paragraph or let alone the whole page like holy cow and uh, well, I was up at Heinz and not Heinz up at Creek Wood I first came back to Illinois uh, there, there wasn't the Braille teacher it was uh, what was her name Penny I think she was in the kitchen skills she's a gal who was blind from birth yeah she goes let me let me show you let me read this for you and she was like flip flip it's like Dang! <laughs> are you reading that, or are you just rubbing the pages? <laughs> and she'd read back. She's like, "Wow." <laughs> yeah, people that have been blind since birth, you know, that's all they know, though. So to them, that's just reading normal to them. Which for yeah. us that could see when we were younger, it takes us longer. Yeah, it's to like going back out. to like, like you said, kindergarten or first grade level of reading, where you you sound out the words. You know. Yeah. Okay, it's a three letter word. Okay. Three letter word. Okay, I don't know this one. Okay, this is an H and an E. The first one must be a T. The then, okay, <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes you, you have to do that is, is uh, figure out the context. You figure out a few <laughs> words. What's the context? Yeah, I think it's trying to say this. Sometimes that helps. And sometimes it's like, well, this word could be either uh you know, this or that, you know, or slip or slide, or and, and both make sense in the context. It was like, oh, what did this? Dang it! <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that the other day. Talking about that the other day with much and more because Braille does take up a lot of space when you're writing it. So they do have shortcuts for each letter. The alphabet means a word. And the letter M is either much or more, and I still don't remember which one it is. I can't remember it either, actually. They both fit, you know, they both kind of mean the same thing. Right, because whenever you're in, talking about grade two, A, of course, by itself is A. B, by itself, is, is but, but. And C is what, can? Can. Do. Do. E. Every. Every. F is F from. F is from. F. G is go. go. H is when we, we it's either have or has. I can't remember. I is always I. Yeah. J is just. K is knowledge. L knowledge. is like. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> M, like we said, is either much or more. N is no. never. No. Oh, never. Ha. I caught you. You can't blame this one on me this time. Oh, shut up and help me get the show back online. Please stand by, folks. You are going to owe me big after this one. Hey, sorry about that. Something weird happened. We dropped off there in mid-thought, but we're pretty much done with our Braille topic. So here we are all back again. But we just want to close, <laughs> close up with our letters from listeners and some final thoughts. So I do have a letter from a listener. What's in the mail for today? Oh, just the usual bunch of crackpot letters. What's it say? What? Well, isn't that nice? Uh, this, email. This comes to us from <laughs> Avery. And she says, well, with Avery, who knows? It could be a boy's name, but from the story, it's <laughs> a girl. Uh, Although maybe there were boys involved. I don't know. Uh, it says, I'm going to tell you a story about coloring my hair. Hello, Keith, Terry, and Jill. I was at my grandma's house going to color my hair. I thought blue would be a nice color. Oh, yeah. Just call me Bluehead. LOL. Lol. <laughs> when I was done coloring my hair, I went into the bathroom to rinse out the hair dye. Little did I know that doing this in the bathtub was not a good idea because it turned the bathtub blue and I had to scrub it really hard <laughs> to come clean and it still isn't really all that clean. Yeah, blue hair. I hope you did your eyebrows too. That way it looks natural. <laughs> I wonder so, if she was yeah. leaning over the tub or she was in the tub and turned her body blue too. Like Could be. Now, she's a, now she's a smurf. Yeah. Smurf explosion in the bathtub. Yeah. I think it recommends a stainless steel sink, don't it, Jill? <laughs> I think so. Why, I don't know. why do you mention <laughs> Jill for it was from Avery, yeah. not Jill? Because she's a girl and she probably has dyed her oh, hair okay. before. I, I thought maybe my you were trying to hint at something. Like maybe you know, my grandson landed, he turned he dyed his hair blue also. Oh no. It must be like a, an outbreak of blue hair preference or something. It's so natural. My, my stepdaughter, I, I asked her, I said, is your bathtub blue? And she said, yeah, my bathtub's blue also. And I said, oh, what? There's something going around. Yeah, maybe it's related and, to COVID or something. It's just going around. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, let's go ahead and get this long show wrapped up with some final thoughts. I know I have my usual one or two, but I know Terry has one. Let's lead off with Terry. Mine's like a joke, though. Why did NASA launch a burrito into space? To intercept the flying salsa. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That was good for the Alexa. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, here's mine. I don't mean to brag, but I finished my 14-day diet in three hours and 20 minutes. <laughs> Ate all that food all at once. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's a good one <laughs> here's a bonus one kids today they don't know how easy they have it when I was young I had to walk nine feet to shag carpet just to change the TV channel remember <laughs> <laughs> those days hey kid you're the remote control change channels yep <laughs> All right, well, that is the show. But anyway, now that we're done talking, this is your host signing off, saying goodbye. Thanks for listening. See you next Leave week. Leave us your emails. Leave emails. us your reviews. More stories, funny yeah. stories. Send us money through PayPal. Bye-bye <laughs> now. See you all next week. Send us some, some brand raging squirrels with knives. <laughs> and so here is our music and our final kid announcer to tell you how to send us oh yeah well we forgot to mention that Avon. Avon that sounds funny tsf at that sounds funny.com <laughs>